Well, greetings and welcome to the podcast that we call Time in God's Word. And this is David Carnes. And as I sit here in the studio recording this, I look out the window and we have snow falling. <laughs> in southern Arizona, we have snow falling right now. It is such a such a beautiful sight. And God is so good, isn't he, in that way? But let me just say, always great to be with you. And as we come back together today, you remember that we have now started to look at John chapter 4. We are in that part of John's gospel that we are looking at the account of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. And Jesus, he is on this mission. He's on a mission to evangelize this woman, to share with her how she can come to eternal life. And so we opened this up last time. And as we did, we actually began to call this the setting. We're just setting the scene. That's what we're doing. But now as we continue then to set the scene today, we are going to see that Jesus, he does make it to Samaria. And when he arrives, the scripture actually says, it tells us that he was exhausted. The word used there in the text, and we're going to find this out, is he was really at the point of being faint. That's how tired he was. But now with this insight given to us about Jesus, what we see here then and what we can bring out is the humanity of Jesus. Jesus, who is all God, he's also all man. And we see this here. So with that said, today we have a lesson that deals with the humanity of Jesus and how this affects you and me. And so just a wonderful lesson here for us as we continue to just set the scene, get the setting in mind, again, as Jesus makes his way to Samaria in order to share the gospel with this woman of Samaria, this woman at the well. And so let me take us to the text now. Today, again, we find ourselves John chapter 4, and we are going to be looking at verses 4 through 6 as we spend time in God's Word. Verse 4, watch this. As you continue to read then, you look at verse 4, and the Bible says this, And he, and of course that's a reference to Jesus, had to pass through Samaria. And we're just going to stop right there. Again, we're just looking at the setting, we're setting the scene, and we look at verse 4 again. Now this is very interesting. Let me just set it up like this. If you were to look at a map, you would see that Jerusalem and the area that we really believe that Jesus started out from here, somewhere out there in the Judean countryside, as we're told again in John 3, Samaria is north of all this, and it's north by about 20 miles. Now, Samaria, again, if you were to look at a map, it's right in the middle of northern Israel. Samaria also now, it's right between Jerusalem and Galilee. So you're getting a picture of where it is. So to get to Galilee, how do you get there? Well, really, you have three options. Here they are. Option one is a person can take what we could call the western route, go up alongside the Mediterranean Sea, walking around Samaria. Thus, you're avoiding Samaria. Now, why would a Jew want to do that? Well, remember, the Jews wanted nothing to do with the Samaritans. They wouldn't even touch foot on their ground. And so, if you were a Jew, you would just head west, go that direction. That's one option. 
Then there's a second way to get to Galilee without going through Samaria, and that would be the eastern route. You cross over the Jordan River, and then you just go north that way, but you're going the eastern route. Again, what are you doing? You're avoiding Samaria. Or there is a third way that you can find your way to Galilee when walking from Jerusalem and going north, and that would be, what do you think? How about going right through Samaria? Going right up through the nation. There you go, right up through the middle. Now, most Jews, again, never think of doing this. Again, remember, they just hated the Samaritans. Those people, again, that they had intermarried with the pagans some 700 years prior. And so they would never even think about doing that. And and yet, understand this. You look at verse number four, and you see what it says? Again, it says, and he had to pass through Samaria. He had to pass through Samaria. Now, again, I say... This is just a very interesting verse, and I say this simply because of the way that it reads really in the Greek text. And if you look at this, you go, okay, all right, I see what it says, but can we go a little deeper on this? Understand, what this is really saying, how it literally reads in the Greek text is, Jesus went through Samaria simply because Jesus was on a mission. That's how it reads. That's what it means. Jesus had a purpose. The word that's used here in the text, in the Greek text, is a word that literally means necessary. That's what it means. Again, Jesus was on a mission, and the mission was evangelistic in nature, and that was he was set towards Samaria in order to tell a woman about eternal life, and he had to do this. (laughs) This is what this means. Now, let me say this, but there are some who will try to argue when you just look at the verse here, verse 4, and you look at it at first glance, there are some who are going to try to argue that there's a geographical purpose for this, and that is Jesus wanted to make the best time he could, so instead of going west or going east, he went straight. He wanted to get to Galilee quickly. Friend, that's not what it is saying. That is not the point of this. Again, the word in the Greek text is the word D. And the word D simply means to require. He was required to do this. By the way, and I find this very interesting, but the same word D, it's used in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, when the text says, and listen to this, when the text says, Jesus had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and be killed, and on the third day be raised. He had to go there. Why? Because he had a mission to fulfill. Jesus couldn't avoid Jerusalem three years down the road. He had to go. Same way, he couldn't avoid Samaria. He had to go. Why? There was a mission there. There was a mission to fulfill. Understand this. This mission that we're talking about, this is a mission that had been planned from all eternity past and nothing was going to change it. Nothing. And Jesus, he's now fulfilling this divine appointment that had been written in the appointment book of God from all eternity. Jesus had to go through Galilee. This was his mission that day. So don't tell Jesus to go west. Don't tell Jesus to go east. Jesus is going straight up the gut right up the middle of the country, right into into Samaria. 
But then moving on to verse number 5 and verse number 6, look at it. Verse number 5, verse number 6 says, So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Verse 6, Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. So Jesus makes his destination. He arrives. Scripture gives us details here, and that is Jesus, and I want you to hear the details. Jesus arrived at the field that Jacob the patriarch had once owned and the field that he had given to his son Joseph. All this, by the way, 1,800 years prior. But then also we are told that Jesus made his way to the well that Jacob once dug. He gets to the well that Jacob once dug. Jacob owned this well at one time. And so we have this detail. By the way, we see this kind of detail in Scripture, scripture simply because what we read in Scripture is real. This is important. Why would God get detailed like this? Because what we read in this book is real. The events we read about are real. The people we read about are real. And so that's why at times God just says, oh yeah, he arrived at the well that Jacob dug. And so that tells us Scripture is just, it's real, guys. It's real. And so this is why we see this great detail. But again, Jesus, what? He arrives at his destination. But now with that said, something here that I want you to see, and we're going to just look at this for a moment. You notice in verse number 6, you see that it says Jesus was wearied. Do you see that? That word? I want you to hear this. In the Greek text, the word is kopeo. That word literally means fatigue. It means to be worn out. That word can also mean to faint. That's what that word can speak of. Now, this is a description of Jesus at that point. And we're going to elaborate on that in just a moment. But to build up to this, let me just bring a couple other things out here. But first of all, at the end of verse number 6, again, you're looking at your Bible, you notice that it says he arrived when? It says at about the sixth hour. That's 12 noon. Now, in Jewish culture, the days begin at 6 a.m. So anytime you see in the Bible where it says sixth hour, ninth hour, whatever, you just add that to six and you get what time it is. It's 12 noon. Sun at its peak. That's what we have here. It's the middle of the day. It is hot. It's hot. But then not only that, Jesus, I want you to note, he had just experienced quite a hike. And we need to call it a hike because that's what it was. I mean, if he started this hike again in the area of Jerusalem, which we believe he was in the Judean wilderness just outside of Jerusalem, he's going to Samaria. Nothing else here, by the way, tells us that it was nothing more than a one-day hike. I mean, I can see him doing it in this one-day period, but it was 20 miles he gets there, and it's noon. So he, he started out, obviously, early in the day, early in the morning. By the way, it is hilly. It is a mountainous hike. It is not a flat hike. It is a strenuous hike. Now, I want you to hear all this. And so this is what we have here. And again, in verse number 6, the, the text says that Jesus, when he arrived, what condition was he in? You could say this. He was about ready to faint because that's what the Word can speak of. Now, with that said, two items here that I want you to bring, or I, that I want to bring out. I want you to hear this. 
That is, number one, right here, we see the humanity of Jesus. We see the humanity of Jesus. Now, Jesus, and hear me, Jesus who is all God is also all man. And right here, we see that Jesus, just like any man, he became tired. I mean, again, he became totally exhausted. By the way, I'm reminded when I think of this, I think back, Mark chapter 4, Jesus in the boat going across the Sea of Galilee, the storm hits, and the Bible tells us that while the storm is taking place, Jesus is what? He's asleep in the back of the boat. You know what that tells me? That tells me that there were times that Jesus could be so exhausted that he could sleep through a hurricane. And the word, by the way, that's used to describe that storm, lilaps in the Greek text, it can refer to a hurricane. That tells me that Jesus, in his humanity, he could become exhausted at times. But now I bring this up, and I bring this up for this reason. I want you to hear me on this. But Scripture is clear to teach that Jesus, again, all God, all man, in his humanity, he can sympathize with you. In other words, through his humanity, Jesus can understand and sympathize with every issue that you and I ever go through. He understands the aches and pains of life. He gets it. Why? Because he's experienced it in his humanity. Jesus understands exhaustion. Jesus understands our heartaches. He gets it. Again, I'm reminded of this. I'm reminded of the account of Lazarus in John chapter 11. Remember, Lazarus, he had become sick. The sisters of Lazarus, Mary and Martha, they call out to Jesus to come and help. Jesus arrives. But when Jesus get this, gets there, Lazarus, he's already died. And what does the text tell us was the response of Jesus at that moment? It says he wept. He wept. Jesus wept. He hurt. And you ask, well, why did he hurt? He hurt because he's looking into the eyes of two sisters who just lost their brother. And he sees their hurt. And he sees their pain. And as a result, he hurts also. So much so that he wept. But the point being is, he hurts just like you and me at times. He gets it. And he gets us. The author of Hebrews, remember this, the author of Hebrews writing about Jesus writes, for we do not have a high priest, he's speaking of Jesus, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. You hear that? Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 15. And so understand this, Jesus understands you. He does. And let me say, knowing that, you and I can then go to God in prayer. And when we talk to Him about our pain, when we talk to Him about our struggles, when we talk to Him about our heartaches, we talk to Him about the agonies of our life, we talk to Him about the exhaustion that our life can bring, He gets it. He understands it. Why? Because He actually lived it. God lived it out through His Son, Jesus, and so He knows but the humanity of Jesus, our sympathizing high priest. That's one item I, I want you to see here that is so very obvious. Again, we look at Jesus after making this 20-mile hike at the point of fainting. He is tired. But now with that brought out, there's a second item here that we can bring out as we just see the condition of Jesus at this point. And that is, let me say this, remember his mission. Remember that. 
preordained mission from all eternity past, and that is Jesus was meeting a woman that he would evangelize and share the gospel with. And here is something else. Now watch this, and I want you to notice this. Nothing was going to stand in his way to see that this was done. Nothing. Jesus was determined, right? He's determined. At the point of exceptional weariness, nothing was going to get in his way. There, now hear me on this. There were no excuses being brought up not to do this. He made his way to Samaria. He just finished a 20-mile hike. It is in the middle of the day. It is in the heat of the day. He has no water. There are no excuses, though. This is going to get done. Here he is. He is ready to share. He is ready to tell a lost woman how she could come to eternal life. Now, I want you to hear me on this. There's application for us here. And here's the application. There are no excuses that you and I can bring forth to keep us from sharing the gospel with the lost world. Now, you might think you have excuses, and you might want to share those excuses, but in actuality, there are no excuses. Oh, but if I try to share the gospel with my friend, or if I try to share the gospel with my family, they're going to get mad at me. That's an excuse that I use. Or if I try to share the gospel, I stumble and I mumble and I don't know what to say. Or, well, if I try to share the gospel, I'm going to be made fun of. Laughing stock. And I don't want that to happen. Friend, I want you to hear me. There are no excuses. And so take those, take those excuses and put those away. There are none. And again, I, I say this simply because here is Jesus. He's on a mission, right? To share the gospel with a lost woman. And he was not going to let anything stand in his way. If anybody could have brought up an excuse, it was Jesus. I just walked 20 miles. I'm about ready to faint. I have no water. But there are no excuses. And we have none either. And He is our example. And we share the good news and nothing stops the church in this mission. Nothing stops the child of God in this mission. Well, we can rejoice in the fact that Jesus, who is all God, is also all man. And the reason for our joy is that Jesus, He understands us. He understands all that we go through. And so, we can never say, well, Jesus, there's no reason for me to try and talk to you about my pain or talk to you about my anguish or talk to you about my heartache because you've never experienced it. Well, now listen, we cannot say that because he has experienced all of it. And so we have a high priest who can and does sympathize with us. And so we can rejoice in that. Yes, we can rejoice. We can rejoice in that. But now, let me say, as always, it has been so good to be with you today, and we will continue in this study next time as we look at Jesus on this mission to evangelize as we spend time in God's Word. <music>